Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line David Friedman. David is an award-winning CEO, entrepreneur, author, and renowned public speaker. In his current company, High Performing Culture, he has helped hundreds of companies through uh, throughout North America to implement his culture operating system. And this is going to be really cool because you know everyone is running on operating systems right now, and I have not heard of a culture operating system. So uh, David's going to be telling us all about it. David, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Jeff. Great to be with you. So I'm really excited to talk about this. But first, can you please give me a little bit of a background about who you are and how you came up with this idea to to walk through a culture operating system and how that gets implemented into businesses? Sure, you bet, Jeff. So let me start by saying I spent 27 years as the CEO of a, of all things, an employee benefits consulting company in the Philadelphia region. And we were really successful in almost every dimension you can look at. But I will tell you the foundation of everything that we did that made us successful, everything was the culture that we had built in the company. It was, it was all about why people came to work for us, why they stayed with us. I would tell you it was half the reason customers bought from us. So it was everything. And as the CEO of the company, I did a lot of things in a very intentional way to make that happen. Well, I eventually sold the company to a large multi-billion dollar publicly held company. And I retired from that industry. And I was too young to really be retired. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next, but I ended up writing a book. It was the first of several books that I've written. I wrote a book about the things that we were doing in our company that helped us to be so successful. It was a book called Fundamentally Different. And what ended up happening, it wasn't my plan, but what ended up happening is people started reading the book and they got a lot of value from it. And lots of people started asking me to speak to their groups, typically CEO groups, about the things I had written about. And as people heard me speak, a lot of people said, hey, that's really interesting. Could I hire you to help me do what you just talked about? And the next thing I knew, I was in my second career. And so over the course of the last seven, eight, nine years, I've done five or 600 workshops on this material. I've written two other books. I've built a whole company all around the basic concept of how you can and should be systematic and intentional about building the culture that you want in your company. And the reason, Jeff, that this is so critical is that if you're listening to this as a leader, if you're the leader of a company and you think about all the different things you could do to work on your company to be to be more successful, I don't think there's a single thing you could do that has more impact on the success of your company than to work on your culture because it affects your ability to attract and retain the right people. It affects, you know, it affects how people perform. It affects how well they work as teammates. It 
affects how they deal with customers. It affects innovate. It affects every part of your company. So you think about of all the things you can do, what lever could you pull that has more impact on your company than working on your culture? And yet most leaders have never thought about how to be systematic about it. And that's what I teach them. You know, the thing about Corporate culture is something I've been intensely interested in for, you know, even before I went off on my own, right? You know, before I became an entrepreneur, I had worked at a number of different companies and I could always see that sometimes I would walk into a company and people, you know, everyone's happy, everyone's cheerleading. Yeah, you know, it's all good. Mm -hmm. And in other companies, you go in and everyone's just pissy and mad. You know, they don't want to be there and maybe they're being paid well, right? Maybe they're not. And what I found is that, first of all, it's not about the money, right? I mean, people will take less money to work in a corporate culture that fits their personalities, that fits their schedules, that fits their, you know, that fits their ideals. So they will actually shift their priorities in order to make sure that they are working in a place that they are happy as well. How would you define then... Like what aspects of a corporate culture are important, right? You know, before we start talking about how to cultivate it, right? Like what are the, like, uh, you know, the seeds that you really need to start thinking about that become part of your corporate culture before you actually implement it? Yeah, here's, here's what I would say to you, Jeff, that when we think about, so what is a culture? A culture for me, more than anything, is the set of behaviors that, that, dictate how people operate in this in this environment. So in any group of people, there are norms that, that develop over time. Whether this is what we're talking about a company or we're talking about a sports team or we're talking about a family or even a group of friends, there's a set of norms. Think about your friends. There's a set of norms about how you guys behave with each other. And that's really the culture of the group. And what's, the reason this is important is that that, that set of norms, that those cultural norms about how people operate influences everything that people do. You could take the same people and if you put them in two or three or four different environments, they will operate differently in different environments because the environment that they're operating in affects how they do what they do. So I would tell you most importantly, the, the, the first thing to understand is that the culture is not about, you know, we have a ping pong table in the reception area or we have pizza every Friday or we can bring our dogs to work. That's not culture. Culture is what are the behaviors that are commonplace in this company? And those behaviors affect everybody. So if we want to really affect the culture, we have to affect the behaviors. We have to identify, well, what are the behaviors that that we want to drive the way we operate here. And then we have to have some way of embedding those in our people so they become standard. And here's the really interesting thing to me about all this, Jeff. If you talk to CEOs, again, I do lots of workshops with CEOs, and I sometimes do this thing where I'll ask them, all right, so on a one to five scale, how would you rate culture in terms of its impact on the bottom line? With one being, it's not that big a deal. Five being, it has a significant impact on the bottom line. You know what most CEOs will give it? A five. Most CEOs know these days that their culture is important. But then I do this really interesting thing in workshops. I'll ask the CEOs who just rated it a five. I'll say, all right, how many of you in this room have some kind of a Oh, an annual strategic plan that identifies this year's priorities and initiatives as a company. And, and most will raise their hand. They have that. And I'll ask them, how many of you have some kind of a, 
a sales plan that identifies this year's targets and quotas and goals, and they have that. And I'll ask them, of course, you're obviously running your company with a financial plan. I mean, you wouldn't do it without a financial plan. And then I ask them, so how many of you have some kind of a culture plan, some kind of a system, a, a methodical plan for how you're driving your culture? And almost nobody does. And I was like, so you just told me this was a five in terms of its impact on the bottom line, and we're all just kind of winging it, hoping it's going to magically work out instead of being systematic about it. Seems kind of crazy. And yet most people never thought about it that way. What a wonderful segue into your one big tip, which is actually how to cultivate this thing, right? Like how to grow it, how to, how to create it, how to set the processes in place. Uh, Dave, how do you do it? In the framework that I teach people, there are eight steps to it, but I'm going to cut it down to really two steps that drive most of it. And I'm going to focus the one big tip on one of those steps. So the first thing I need to just lay out is I said a moment ago that the, you've got to be able to define the set of behaviors that you say, if we could get all of our people doing these things consistently, that would make us really successful. And I give those behaviors a name. It's just my own nomenclature. I call them fundamentals. So the first thing is we've got to define the fundamentals that are what we want this culture to be about. But here's the big tip. The key to, to operationalizing that, to, to having those those behaviors, those fundamentals, as I call them, become embedded in our people is a very simple concept that I call creating rituals. And here's the big tip. So a ritual is some routine, some habit that we do over and over and over again. You get up in the morning, you brush your teeth. You go to a ball game, we say the we sing the national anthem. Some people before a meal, they say a prayer. They're just routines. The reason that rituals are so critical to success, so foundational to success, is that most people stink at sticking with things. We're not very good at it. We come up with all kinds of great ideas, and then we get busy, and it all becomes the flavor of the month. Well, when something becomes a ritual, it's no longer hard to do. Most of us don't struggle to remember to brush our teeth in the morning. It's just part of our routine. So again, once something becomes a ritual, it's no longer hard to do. So here's how we use that simple idea, that simple tip. We take these behaviors that, again, I call fundamentals. We roll them out into an organization in highly interactive, engaged ways. And then we begin to focus on one of these fundamentals each week through a series of rituals. So let me give you a simple example. In my company and most of our clients, every week, any meeting that we have in our company this week, whether it's a leadership meeting, a team meeting, a management meeting, even a Zoom meeting, if we have a meeting going on in our company, anywhere in our company this week, the first agenda item of every meeting is the fundamental of the week. And we spend the first three to five minutes talking about it. So my fundamental in my own company this week is called Create win-win solutions. And so every meeting, everywhere in our company this week, we're talking about creating win-win solutions. That gives us a lot of chances all week long to think about it, talk about it, practice it, really tune up our awareness. If we do that same thing next week with the next fundamental on our list and the week after with the next fundamental, and we keep repeating that cycle over and over and over again, we get lots of chances to teach this over and over and over again. So the concept here is that what, the only way we ever learn anything, we all know this, the only way we ever learn anything and really master it is through lots and lots and lots and lots of repetition. But the problem is most people don't like repetition. So the key to keeping repetition going is creating rituals. When something becomes a ritual, it's not hard to do anymore. It's just what we do. So the ritual is what's necessary to keep the repetitious teaching happening. And the repetitious teaching is what's necessary for us to internalize what we want. So if we think about that from a culture standpoint, if we can define in really clear terms the behaviors that drive success in this company, and then we can create a systematic way through using 
and rituals to teach those things over and over and over and over and over again, eventually are people going to internalize those? It's that simple. You know, the thought that came to mind and, you know, I'll be brutally honest here. I used to be not all the time. Right. But I used to be one of those people that when they tried to like, I remember being part of an like of an action committee to create a mission statement for a company. This is going back to my 20s. OK, and I'm j- there was nothing that bored me more than listen to a bunch of people. You throw up a bunch of Dilbert phrases on, you know, on a board. Right. I guess what my big question here is, how do you turn something that that, first of all, someone may interpret as just being like, dude, come on, you are seriously wasting my time right into something that I can really get behind that I can really get under this flag and start waving it for the company as well. Yeah, it's really easy. It's a great question you're asking, Jeff, and the answer is very easy. Most people have the experience that you just described where at some point in their career, they sat in a room on a committee and they wrote wonderful statements on the wall or on the whiteboard and they put post notes all over it and spent the day talking about it. And then they said, ah, forget all that bullshit. Let's just go back to work. And so we've all had that experience. What makes this difference, it, what makes it different is the practical nature of it. So the behaviors that we're talking about are things that most normal human beings would say, yeah, that'd be a pretty good thing. So some of the fundamentals that I teach in my own company are things like honor commitments. I mean, shoot, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Practice blameless problem solving. Get clear on expectations. Be a fanatic about response time. These aren't lofty, you know, wifty sounding phrases. This is stuff, yeah, we're going to be a lot better company if we all do what we say we're going to do. We're going to be a lot better company if we all make sure that in every situation we're on the same page and we have the same expectations. So the very practical nature of what I teach is what makes it resonate so strongly and so powerfully for people. It's kind of the anti what you were describing. So when I, when I work with a company and, I, and we walk in, almost always their, their starting point is, oh, not another culture initiative because they, they sat through what you were describing. And as soon as we start explaining how this is going to happen, they say, oh my God, I love this. This makes a lot of sense. This is not bullshit. This is really practical. I love this kind of stuff. It's the anti-stuff. You know, what's really interesting about that is you're right. It's like um, when they start out talking about it, you know, I just showed my wife a couple of weeks ago office space, right? And, you know, it's now part of our culture. You know, everything needs a, co- a cover letter on the TPS reports. I mean, it's it's pretty pervasive at this point, right? She didn't know anything about it. So I love teaching that to her, right? That, you know, all the wonderful world of TPS reports and getting things done and all that. And what happens is that when done right, it becomes a powerful attention tool, not only for your clients, but also for your employees, for your contract, right? You know, it's like you, it's like you have to implement that kind of stuff and you have to show and demonstrate repetitively that you are actually walking your walk instead of just talking about it. Absolutely. Most of the people we work with say that, that implementing what we teach is the single, this is going to sound big, but it's true. Most of them will say it's the single most impactful thing they've done in the history of their company. It foundationally changes them. A foundational change. I mean, imagine that. And this is something that can work for solopreneurs, right? You know, like someone who just, you know, focuses down and does their own work. Someone who has, you know, four or five contractors all over the world. You're still creating that culture, right? You're you're still creating that. uh, Like when I am hiring a contractor, I'm not just waiting for them to impress me on what they can do. I'm trying to impress them 
them on what I'm going to do for them, right? And I am, uh, I'm very conscious. For example, I just hired a new audio, uh, a new audio editor for the podcast and all that. And I think I spent 60% of the time explaining to him why he should work for me versus how great he is at, you know, reducing reverb on someone's audio, right? Like that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand you get it. Right. But I want to make sure that he's going to show up. I want to make sure that he's going to do the, uh, you know, that he's going to apply the dedication that I need for not only for my stuff, but for, you know, everything that is client facing. Right. And at the end of the meeting, I, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, Jeff, when do we get started? When do we get started? Right. Because it really became a, an inflection point of, okay, let's get this done. This is the kind of person I want to work with. And I don't want to work with any of those other guys. So it is so critically important, you know, for that. It influences everything. Absolutely. Amazing stuff. So Dave, can you please tell us a little bit more uh, about your company, how people can reach you, how they can learn more about, uh, about, uh, you know, your speaking and your books and all that neat stuff? Sure. So the website is CultureWise, the word culture and wise, W-I-S-E, CultureWise.com. And my email, of course, is David at CultureWise.com. On our website, there are lots of simple explanations. There are a lot of videos on that website with very, everything I do is to make it simple, 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 simple. And so you'll see a lot of very simple uh, videos that explain the whole concept there. Um, my books, there, there are several books. Fundamentally Different was the first book. The second book was called Culture by Design. And then there's actually a second edition to Culture by Design. All of those books are available on Amazon in hardcover, softcover, ebook. They're also on Audible. So if you prefer to listen to books, uh, my books are all on Audible and, uh, and I do the narration for them. So again, look up Fundamentally Different and Culture by Design. You'll see them there. Amazing. David, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an excellent discussion. I love talking about this stuff. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of these tips that you dropped today are going to be really impactful for, you know, for the listeners. So thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome, Jeff. 